0: following podcast is a production of the network check us out on bicbp-radio.com trevor my friend trevor my friend uh you know i've been you were actually referred i always knew you to be a board game freak even though we don't talk uh, as often as i'd like but uh i was referred to you as you're the board game guy and that's why i came to you for this episode to you i got to ask, what makes a board game great to you or like even memorable, like keeps you coming back to play it?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, freak's a good word for it. Because um, <laughs> I know to most people, my obsession with... <laughs> to most of the world, the board gaming hobby probably doesn't make a lot of sense, although it has grown a lot. But uh, to me, it, it's, it really is a combination of things. It's just like the way other people would dissect a movie or a book. Sometimes the way it looks can be a big part of it. But at the end of the day, it's just how is it fun is, is working through the game from beginning to end a fun, a fun thing to do across the table from other people. I mean, that's basically, that's basically all that's required. I mean, there's a bunch of other things that can go into a good game, but am I having fun with other people at the table? Then it's a success to me.
0: Right. I think it's, it's a great way to look at it too. Uh, because I grew up with board games like that was our like our family's way of connecting uh, you know of course as we all got older and, and everybody's schedules kind of got crazy uh it was it was a little bit harder, but board games still brought me and my family it was a total five of us you know all together we we'd set aside Saturday night, we'd play pop in whatever pop in whatever and we just we just play board games and it was a cool way to kind of bring us together and and people don't do that a whole lot I think like I feel like it's a lost art form in a way,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I don't want to go go too off the rails, but it's it's really funny because I feel like Family Board Game Night is a lost art, yet there's this subculture. Uh, I call it hobby gaming. Some people call it Euro games, whatever you want to call it. This culture of like hardcore board games has really risen. Um, and in a way, it's kind of bringing back Family Game Night as people slowly discover it. But your old Hasbro Family Game Night or Milton Bradley Family Game Night, it does seem to be, a bit dead. Um, but there's this new new blood, I guess you could say.
0: <laughs> yeah, very uh, intense stuff. Actually, the, when I originally asked you to be a part of this episode, I went and uh, I started looking up. I was like, man, I want to get some of the old family board games that I broke because I was a reckless child. And I, I actually started <laughs> to build up a little something because I, we have this office space here. And like, there's plenty of room to like throw a board game night. And I was like, man, how cool would it be if I could whip out, you know, pull out some older games that I used to play and be able to have a board game night with friends or family uh, or stuff like that? I think it's a good way to kind of bring people together. Two people, or too often, I think people are too reliant on like online stuff, like online, not face to face. It's very interpersonal. And I know you have a gaming podcast. You actually, it was either you or Johnny just made a post about it, but how you like the old style of stuff better the way things used to be because it was more the face-to-face thing adds adds a it's a big element to it it's very personable
1: yeah yeah that's a big part of it to me i mean i'm only in my upper 30s cut off where i already miss people just i mean i'm not a good small talker i'm not i mean i guess i'm a bit of an introvert but when you sit a board game in between people (laughs) it kind of gives you something to do together it gives you an activity and when people are just sitting in a room texting on their phones there's no connection at all so so for me, board games are an excuse to connect with people, but to kind of have that safety net of of actually having something we're doing. Because if we're just sitting and talking, right. I'm, I'm not the best with that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and the same thing with no, old I games. Feel yeah, like, on that. yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, I do lean towards, um, I guess simpler is the word for it. You know, like even uh, getting together to record a podcast. You know, whenever uh, somebody suggests introducing some new technology i'm apprehensive just cuz i feel like it's
0: i'm older than how I look i guess when it comes to that kind of stuff <laughs> hey nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that old school rules sometimes you know yeah uh, <laughs> no um so for those who don't know trevor is one of the hosts of retro blist uh he's co-host with my friend johnny townsend who actually has done a episode he if you don't remember he did the mall the list the mall list with us all right uh for the listeners. so trevor is with him he also uh he hosts and he's reimagining uh a board game specific podcast called cardboard cave uh which is really cool and that's this is the reason kind of why i decided he was the perfect guy for this uh this type of episode
1: yeah it's a yeah i'm actually glad you asked me to do this it kind of inspired me uh i'm not really into shilling my podcast right now uh cardboard cave go listen no (laughs) But, but uh, I have taken a, br- <laughs> I've taken a break from it, and it's because there was just something missing, and uh, I think you've actually inspired me to dig back into it. I want to make it something I enjoy first and foremost, oh, instead of just trying to copy some format. So, cardboard cave is is going to be here to right. stay. If you want to check it out sometime.
0: Good. No, I'm excited for the comeback, man. I really am. It's 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 something I like. I completely forgot about, and like I said, talking to you, I'm just it just kind of reinvigorated my love for board games. I think there's definitely an audience for it and uh you know it's it's something that should definitely that, that should come back that should come back in my opinion uh but here let's do a little get to know trevor of course aside from the podcast that he host uh trevor what are five things that uh maybe you'd want somebody to know about you know maybe someone to know about you five things that defined you cool facts whatever it may be <laughs> five things yeah i guess about you in in uh simple terms
1: well this is interesting let's see Uh, All right, well, fact one, uh, you mentioned Johnny's been on the show before, so that's to connect listeners. Me and Johnny have been friends since we were both, I don't know, five or six years old. Um,
0: It's So cool.
1: (laughs) And uh, I I think that's, you know, something kind of unique about me is, well, like a lot of people, I think uh, I don't have a lot of friends (laughs) that I've kept through the years, but I do have that one friend I've had as long as I can remember which isn't that common right. it seems like. So I'm, you know, I try to be thankful for that. Um, I'm a, a fairly new father. My son's just over a year old. Um, so I feel like kind yeah. of an old dad cause I'm, I'm 36 years old, but, uh, that is really a defining part of my life right now. It's changed. I found all the cliches are true basically. Uh,
0: <laughs> uh
1: just all the cheesy no, stuff awesome. people say it's is, awesome
0: yeah he's very photogenic i i have noticed <laughs> he's very photogenic um he has like these me and johnny actually talked about it on the on the the List episode how he has he like he has these big like eyes like very nice looking eyes yeah. but we i think we described it as the way like japanese cartoonist animators yeah yeah like Draw Americans <laughs> like American eyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we actually talked about that. No, very yeah. handsome kid, and no, uh, oh, he just all smiles, all smiles. I love to see it. I love to see it.
1: Yeah, I still don't know how that happened. I mean, I mean, my wife, of course, is an attractive <laughs> person, but I mean, she, he still had my half to work with, so I don't get it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, well, there you go. I guess I have a very self-deprecating humor. I guess that would be a third thing. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's sort of just uh, I, I feel like I just have a personality that, uh, you know, me and Johnny, we kind of deserve each other, so to speak. And I think it takes a – people – You are, are f-
0: just alike. Uh, you are just alike. We, we – and I never – so many – like, yeah. I'm just talking to you right now. Yeah. I'm just talking to you right now, and I feel like I'm talking to Johnny. Like, I've only spoken to you via podcast once. Like – Yeah, you're on you know, list Voice to yeah. voice. Yeah. Uh like and you guys are the, the same. Part. I feel like I'm talking to Johnny right now. It's not a bad, not a bad thing well, by any means. It's not funny. Not a bad thing by any means.
1: <laughs> it's funny you say that because I remember that uh, people would tell us, which blows my mind. But they would tell us that they were intimidated by me and Johnny together because it's like we were one person. <laughs> like we just known each other so long. It's just ridiculous. But uh, but yeah, since I'm on here to talk about board games, I guess one thing about me that. To people in my hobby, the board gaming hobby, this isn't weird at all. But to most people, they're almost freaked out if they walk into my basement. I literally have... Actually, it's two walls full of board games. <laughs> um, Holy crap. Like this house, uh, we bought this house. It's an older house and it has built-in shelves. And I filled all of those in the basement. <laughs> and I actually had to buy two Ikea shelves <laughs> because that wasn't enough.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> It, wow that's awesome I can't even imagine the stuff you got down there
1: yeah it's uh I mean I've been I've been into I mean it's weird to say but I've been into this kind of board gaming the the hobby board gaming for I don't know 18 or 19 years which is a lot longer than most people because okay. it's a pretty young hobby honestly um, but right the good and the bad is I've amassed a collection of games that frankly I'll never be able to play
0: them all at least not enough times yeah <laughs> <laughs> um we'll have to yeah. come down we'll have to bring the network down for a board game night at your house oh yeah that would be just awesome. invite ourselves over
1: <laughs> yeah i'm always looking for an excuse honestly i mean that's uh that that is one of the battles just finding finding an excuse to play the games because people are curious usually but it takes a little bit of a hurdle to get them over that <laughs> over that curiosity
0: and actually play oh yeah but uh oh absolutely i know that struggle
1: but yeah, uh, I'm an RN, a uh, registered nurse. I work in the operating room. Uh, so I've not been, unfortunately, even though I'm surrounded by games, I've not been stuck at home like a lot of people have been. I shouldn't I shouldn't say unfortunately, but <laughs> I've been going to work as normal. And uh, I'm actually kind of a, right. a loner, an introvert type personality. So I actually would have been better off than most people just being
0: at home and not being around everybody. <laughs> but unfortunately, that didn't work out. Yeah, I feel you on that. But, um, <laughs> no, you've been, uh, you know, I've... You've been pretty busy, especially everything kind of going on with the, you know, with, with the world lately. I, I, I'm sure you've been pretty busy. Uh, so, I mean, thank you. Yep. Thank you. I know it's your job and, and stuff, but uh, oh, thank you yeah. for kind of being on the front lines of, of all this craziness. Well,
1: I tell you, I went into, I mean, I feel like I'm on the front lines, but I went into Walmart like in the middle of a busy day the other day for the first time in, in a long time. Um, to be honest, I kind of avoid right. Walmart if I can. <laughs> uh and yeah. I thought like those people that work there are more on the front lines than I am. <laughs> it was just insanity. Okay. But,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just, not uh, a fun place to be. No. Yeah. No, that's for sure. It, All right. Uh, I think that's five. Yeah, that's five. Yeah. Uh,
1: four or five. Very good. There's I, I don't Trevor much in a nutshell for you.
0: There's five. <laughs> There's five cool. things about Trevor. <laughs> now, let's get ready to make our official eat, sleep list, board game list Start off by tuning our copyright-free, royalty-free radio so we don't get any legal trouble. There it is. That's the best con. All right. <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> I don't, yeah, those are the best con. I don't, I don't like getting sued for stuff. Uh, I certainly can't afford it, even with the corona money. Uh, <laughs> let's start us off, uh, Trevor. Your number 10 board game. Your number 10 favorite board game.
1: All right. Well, um, I have to apologize ahead of time. Uh, these are probably going to sound like jargon to most people, but I'll try to do you want me to explain just enough about it so it makes sense what it is? Like just a sentence or two? or?
0: Yeah, let's okay. let's do that. Let's do that. I'm gonna, probably going to, because there's, I mean, I have a lot of very unique ones. They're not like the traditional ones. So, yeah, a little description I think would do good.
1: Uh, uh, well, this list was very hard, first of all, but I'm just going to go with it and, and uh, hopefully it's alright. Number 10 is a game. Uh, it's called 1775 Rebellion. And Ooh. this is based, uh, of course, on American Revolution. But the, the cool thing about this game is I would recommend it to anybody who grew up playing Risk. Um, and just, you know, love chucking dice and attacking people. But Risk, you know, could take... <laughs> <laughs> Risk could take all day, it seemed like. This game is over in about 90 minutes. But it's actually got a lot of... Okay. It's got a lot more strategy than the Risk. There's less randomness. Um... But you still get to okay. chuck a lot of dice. It's a very, it's a very smart game. I actually learned things um, about our history through this game, uh, just because it's so well designed. Uh, like the different factions, um, it's a, it's a very pretty game. <laughs> despite the theme, it's just a very pretty map. Um, I really recommend 1775
0: Rebellion. It's, uh, it's I cr- gotta find this. I'm a hero. yeah. I'm a huge history buff myself. Like this, I'm hearing this. So I'm like, I, I'm gonna have to eBay look up it. And eBay, I gotta find this thing. Yeah,
1: it's a. Uh, it's not. I would say rules wise, you know, it, it, there's a little bit to dig into, but I think if you love history, the rules are gonna make sense to you because it kind of just makes sense. Um, it's a lot easier to learn than something like Axis and Allies. It's nowhere near that much rules. <laughs> um, so yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. It's, uh, <laughs> it's
0: ridiculous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you like Risk and if you like American History, I think you,
0: you owe it yourself to try uh, 1775 Rebellion. Okay. Very good. Like I said, I'm I'm going to look to find that one because that sounds right up my alley. Love a good history game. We got a couple of those on my list. Um, all right. My number 10 uh, came out in 2002. It was a really fun game that my dad brought home one, one night. It's like, oh, this is this, this really cool game. It's called Vampire Hunter. All right. Oh. Uh, have you have you heard about this
1: one before? Once you explain it, if it's what I'm thinking it is, I have played it. But you go and explain it, I'll
0: tell you. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's a lot of, like, little monster fighting and stuff. But, like, the, the really cool thing is that at the center of this board, <laughs> That's it. there's a light. <laughs> there's, like, a light tower. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and you got to play it in the dark. And the actual game and your, like, various cards, really how the game kind of Plays out depends on what color this light is. All right, so oh, yeah blue is like night, red is day. Every, it literally just changes the whole landscape of the game, and it was so cool to see something like that. Um, I mean it was very like, I, like it was. I mean it's a different. It's very different. I, I I can't say I've seen a game like that since. I'm sure there has been, but uh, to have a game where the the the, the coloring of the lights just changes. What you see in front of you. Uh, I was mind blown. I was like, what was I? I think it was 10 in 2002. 9 or 10. No, 10 or 11. And my head just exploded when I first played this game. So much fun. A <laughs> lot of good memories with it. And uh, pretty se- I mean, easy setup, too. I-, I think that goes a long way in my book, too. And it's an easy setup. Uh, but yeah, Vampire Hunter, the game is uh, my number 10 uh, for board games.
1: Yeah. Uh- I totally forgot about that game, but my cousin had it, and it was really cool, and I totally forgot about it, so he talked about it, but I remember the light in the center, which is really cool. Uh, all
0: right. Uh, yeah, that was so different. Yeah, number nine, my friend. So my number
1: nine is stretching the definition of board game, um, but it's definitely a game you play on your table, and it's called Crokinole, uh, and that's C-R-O-K-I-N-O-L-E, Crokinole. This is a classic game okay. from Canada um and it's hard to explain without seeing it but it's a wooden board it's a circle um have you ever played shuffleboard where you like scooting pucks to try to
0: score Um, oh i'm so bad at it but yes i know exactly what you're talking about
1: (laughs) some people describe crokinole as shuffleboard in the round um but it doesn't sound like much but it's basically a wooden circle and there's a hole in the center which is the best place to score and there's different rings almost like a dartboard in that sense but what you're doing, you can play it with two to four players. Um, but like you're playing with four players, each person has a quarter of the board, and you have to flick a wooden disc. It's like a little wooden puck, and you flick it, and you're just oh, trying okay. to get, you're trying to get in the center hole. But if you stay on the board, everybody's knocking you off. So you're constantly trying to wreck other <laughs> people's score, basically, <laughs> and it's. Uh, <laughs> It's a game that takes such a, a, it's like golf. It looks so easy, but it actually takes a lot of skill and I've never been good at it. So when I play with my family, it's just total chaos. But uh, if you look it up, you can find experts. They're just, they take the game very seriously. Um, but for me, it's just a fun, I have great memories of this with my family. Uh, it's, it's one I've had for uh, probably at least 10 years and uh, my mom and dad play it and they're not big on games, but they, always have a blast with this one okay so it's the kind of game you would play with yeah, your grandma of, it but type. it's the kind of
0: game you play with your grandma but you'll <laughs> enjoy it just as much or more <laughs> i'll put it that way okay okay i like the, that actually sounds like a lot of fun spell that out for me one more time please uh c-r-o-k-i-n-o-l-e crokinole okay and
1: i don't know what crokinole means i All think right. it's something oh, sound- they made up there's actually a song. There's a Canadian singer-songwriter who wrote a song about Crokinole. Uh, if you find that, it's pretty funny. Oh, really? <laughs> it's not meant to be a joke, either. <laughs> um,
0: really? Okay. No, yeah. I believe you. I'm going to have to do some research. I'm going to have to do some research. Very good. Very good. All right. My number nine. Uh, it's The game is called Goosebumps Terror in the Graveyard. Terror in the Graveyard. Uh-huh. This is one of the earliest board games that I remember as a kid one of the earliest board games uh, I actually just rebought it I haven't played it yet but I just rebought it to try and really get a grasp of, of what I broke I feel so bad for my parents for all the stuff that I ruined as a kid <laughs> I feel awful uh, and this game but this game was had a really fun play style to it um, I remember you actually set up, you actually set up the board inside the box and depending on different actions that you take, maybe a card that you draw, uh, it, the board shifts, the board, the, like the board shifts, like different stuff happens. It's, it's, it's really kind of neat. Uh, I think it, let's see, when did it come out? Uh, came out in 1995, 1995. Um. Uh, I remember you can like turn, you can set up your the other people you're playing against to turn into monsters temporarily, and it it affects their progress. Uh, But the main, you know, the main thing you're supposed to do is just to go and fight this ghost. And there's something with a uh, you have to like drop a little toy skull through like a chute, (laughs) and if it lands the correct way, you win. It's it's very peculiar, but really really cool grew up loving Goosebumps and to find a board game you know with it that kind of embodied everything kind of took a lot of elements in from that uh really really cool I, I can't wait to open it up and play it again but um yeah I just kind of skimming through it's been so long since I played it but uh but really yeah really really cool really captured the essence of, of Goosebumps well with this game and and made it made it yeah it was fun it was a little 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 scary as a kid uh seeing some of the cards and, and various things that you uh you know, got to endure throughout. But uh, no, this is my number nine. Number nine, excellent game. Cool. I've definitely not played that one, but it sounds like a blast. Um,
1: giving me nostalgia bumps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: right.
1: Well, my very good. My number eight is sort of in, a little, like a modern game. I would say is almost in line with the one you're talking about because it's just very, it's just very exciting, intense. Uh, but it's called Escape: The Curse of the Temple. Escape is...
0: Oh, I feel like I've seen this.
1: It's, it might not be what you're thinking. Like It sounds like one of those old 1980s games where you're running away from a boulder. And that's exactly what it's... <laughs> right, that's right. kind of what it's doing, but it's, it's very unique. It's a cooperative game. So you all win or you all lose together okay. just trying to beat the game. And it's called Escape the Curse of the Temple because you and everyone you're playing with are frantically running from room to room of this temple trying to get these gems basically and then get out before the whole thing collapses but the mechanism for that is that you each have your own set of dots i think it's five or six dots and you're rolling frantically and you can roll as many times as you want to there are no turns everybody's just going at the same time chucking dots and you're trying to get certain symbols like if you're trying to get into this room you might need a torch and a, a key and until you roll that torch and key you're kind of stuck and it's it's, it's hilarious okay. and it's intense because um, like someone might get in a room and then they can't get out and they're like somebody come help me and they're uh, and the, so you're running all the way back to the room to get to them and help them and then in the meantime you both get locked out because the the game I should have mentioned the game has a soundtrack with it uh, which you can just play it on your phone if you want really yeah. it's a 10 minute soundtrack <laughs> this, this game's crazy like it's. Of all the games on my list, this is one that I wish everybody would play once, I'll have to say, because just you either love it or hate it. The only people that don't love it are ones who just get stressed out by it, because it is so fast. <laughs> um, but there's a 10-minute a ten minute <laughs> soundtrack, because the game only ever takes 10 minutes. If you don't escape in 10 minutes, you die. Um, and there, this announcer will come over the, the soundtrack and say, escape. And everybody starts rolling. And then you'll hear like a gong uh, a gong sound when it's time to run back to the safe room. And anyways, you're trying to collect all these gems, get out of the temple. You're just chucking dice the whole time. The temple is being formed around you because it's actually made out of square tiles that you're you're actually laying them out as the game goes. Um, oh, no way. It's, it's very, very cool. It is intense, though. It's only 10 that minutes. It sounds like...
0: But... That's... that's... Yeah, that's quick. It's It's yeah that does sound very intense 10 minute time limit I like that yeah it's it's a a great game and you can and the soundtrack thing is neat too like that like that's genius like that that's a cool element that nobody explores in board games practically nobody yeah yeah it actually comes with a CD very good
1: (laughs) a CD how many things come with CDs anymore (laughs) but uh
0: (laughs) no that's awesome I love that I love that very good all right my number eight. I just, I literally just picked this game up. Uh, another childhood favorite, just like Goosebumps, Terror in the Graveyard, uh, for myself. Frady Cats. Frady Cats. It is so simple. So it's so much fun. Like my inner child just like screams with excitement when I when I when I see and remember this game. Uh, if you never played it before, you literally play. I think it's like a four-player game, four-five-player game. You you play as cats, and pretty much what they do is they you clip on. There's a the board is actually like a fence that goes around the entire square of it. You got to hop around, and I think you got to pick up cards and different stuff. Um, but the the challenge to it is is that there's a dog. It's a little like it's a robot, like automatic, like wind up, or you push a button and it just kind of goes dog that goes and it bounces off the fence that <laughs> surrounds the board game. And if it if it clips your cat, you have to start at the beginning. I think I think it's at the very beginning. Uh, but your, your cat can actually hide in like little barrels set up, and it won't. It prevents the dog from actually hitting the clip. The dog's name is is, is uh I think they call him Mugs. But uh, it's just yellow or the dog. Yeah, he's a yellow dog. Uh, and he's a little electronic thing, and it was it's so simple yet so cool. Um, Cause you never know. You never know where it's gonna. It's like a Roomba. You just don't know where it's gonna go. It's just gonna just, mind of its own. Uh, bumps you. Simple. Very simple game. Uh, growing up, like early on, until my my youngest brother came along. We were just a family of four, and it was the perfect size game for us to play. Uh, me, my sister, my mom, and dad. So, uh, but Freddy Cats, Very fond memories of that one. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping to hoping to pass that knowledge along to some uh, maybe my kids someday. Pass that experience along, and uh, you know. Throw a party with it. Throw a party with it. I think it's a fun one.
1: That sounds very familiar. It's probably we grew up without a lot of money, but we would get stuff secondhand a lot. And I feel like this is when I saw the commercial
0: oven, right? It, but right. never
1: actually got it.
0: Cool. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I was. I was very fortunate. Very fortunate in that in that regard. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a fun one. Uh, it, I mean, cool. Yeah, I. It, well, you, I think you would enjoy it in your collection. I think you would.
1: My next game is is uh, kind of the opposite of that, and this is not a game I'd recommend to everyone. This is this is one of those games. that to be honest, it should be on my list because I love it this much. But if I'd started out on this board <laughs> game journey with this game, I probably would have ran the opposite direction. It's a uh, it's called Agric. <laughs> 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 it's called Agricola. It's like Agricola, like agriculture, but it's Agricola. Oh, okay. Um the theme is farming which is very exciting already to most people (laughs) um
0: i guess you could kind of describe it i just started playing animal crossing so i'm a little excited at this (laughs) if you
1: grew up playing uh harvest moon did you ever play the harvest moon video games
0: uh i did not unfortunately well
1: i guess that's what you could compare it to if you have to compare it to a video game but it's a very very deep (laughs) heavy strategy game um where you're a, a farming family, basically like in the, the Middle Ages where life was just harsh. <laughs> and so just raising enough food to feed your family is kind of a success. Um, my Right. I love this game. Um, it's a little bit of a bear to learn it. It's a, it's a big rule book. It's, like I said, it's a heavy strategy game. My wife likes it, but she gets really frustrated because this game slaps you around. Like you'll think you're doing great and then your family starves and you lose all these points. <laughs> um, it's very harsh, but it's uh, it's kind of the granddaddy of, of this kind of game for, you know, for board gamers who are in this uh, get trapped in this hobby of, of discovering these games. You kind of have to come across this one eventually. It's just a really uh, well-known, respected game, but it's it's one I love to play. It doesn't get played as much as I wish it did because it is it's it's a commitment I mean it's a, a chunky rule book and uh, I mean it's probably about a two hour game but uh, I love Agricola but I don't recommend it to people if you're hearing about these kinds of games for the first time just hold off a little bit and check it out later
0: a little more experience yeah it sounds like I'm going to say it sounds just like Monopoly but to have the patience for like a Monopoly you got to be a little more experienced I guess that, that's what it sounds like to me Uh, Or at least. Really cool. That's a different one.
1: And I hate to even use the word experience because it sounds like it sounds arrogant, but I would say just the desire. If you have the desire to play a really deep game and you know you're going to be reading a 20 page rule book and you're okay with that, then you're probably going to be fine. But just don't hop into it without
0: knowing what you're doing, I guess. (laughs) Right. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. I think I like what we. So far, so far, we haven't had any games match. I think that's the coolest thing. Some of the other lists, a little tighter. Yeah, uh, you know that I've done. <laughs> you're gonna run into some similar, similar list. This one is vastly different. I, I'm, I am absolutely in love with this, uh, with this episode so far. Well, I love
1: the fact uh, that I have my numbers. Oh, sorry, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say I love the fact that I have no. You're good. You're good. A freakish number of board games, and yet you're introducing me to games I've not heard of or I forgot about. So I think that's pretty awesome. Right
0: no this is this is really cool i'm learning so much i mean some of the games that you you know you've mentioned uh, like I've, I've never heard of before never heard, but these are all things that i'd be very very interested in playing like that 70 1775 at the top of your list was like oh yeah i gotta have that i gotta have it uh my number seven i grew up a huge uh well i love movies i, I love movies action movies lord of the rings was the be all end all back in the day and uh one Christmas, I got the, it was the Two Towers board game. Uh, Alright, this thing was really, really cool, and I eventually went and, and, and spread out, because it's actually a compilation game. So what that means is, uh, so yeah, the first one I got was the Two Towers, but, and it can operate as its own game, but if I wanted to go back and get the Fellowship of the Ring, it all connects, it, it connects to the story of this the the two towers game and you can get the return of the king and you can actually play one continuous movie board game where, where it plays out just like the movies did you follow the storylines and you go through different events and uh you know you try that you try you obviously try not to die it's it's really um it was really cool to kind of see a game mapped out like that where there is like a, a connectivity you don't see that in board games uh rarely ever but all the pieces literally from fellowship to return of the king if you have all th- all 3 you know separate board games they they connect and they form a giant map that you play along as is all the characters. Uh, you know, some characters of course like Boromir, you know, he, he ends up getting killed in the Fellowship of the Rings, so his story stops, but you can still continue on with the rest of the fellowship and you go through all the different events. It was really, really neat uh, to play that, especially to start in the middle and then kind of be like, okay, I can go get the original version and plug it, you know, connect that to this game and, and this and that. There's like leveling up and stuff. Huh. It's uh it's really cool, simple, uh, but I like games that kind of follow, you know, follow. It. Like you can, I felt like I was actually like in the movie a little bit. Uh, if you know what I'm saying. Well,
1: the Lord of the Rings. I guess spoiler alert, if, if I was ever involved in the top ten movie list, but those are my favorite movies, easily of all time. <laughs> oh, so good, so good. Uh, and I've, I have some Lord of the Rings board games, but I'm pretty sure I've not seen the one you're talking about. So I'm very curious because it
0: sounds awesome. Okay. I'll send you. Uh, I'll send you a picture. Of the, I have the two towers one currently. I just rebought it. Um, I'll send you a picture of it when we're done recording. Oh. Uh, it's. It's. Yeah. It's. It's. It's a cool little adventure game. I think it's like you can have up to four people in it, four or five people in it. It's. Uh, there's. There's plenty of like characters to go around where you're continually you're continually pressing on. It's really nice in that oh. way. All right. My friend, what is your number six board game?
1: I won't, I won't, I won't talk about my number six long because it's kind of like my number seven that it's not one I would recommend to, to just anybody. <laughs> but uh, you mentioned okay. you mentioned Monopoly. Yeah. This one is much more, I guess, in line with Monopoly as far as the theme. Uh, it's called Grand Austria Hotel, <laughs> and the Grand. Oh uh, wow! Uh, yeah, the the <laughs> name is kind of pretentious, but <laughs> it, it's kind of a tongue in cheek game, I guess, a little bit, but. The Grand Austria Hotel is this hotel, and you are basically managing it. Um, Every player has their own little hotel board, and basically you're trying to feed the guest in the cafe, and then put the guest in rooms in your hotel. And uh, the guests are very picky, like they'll only eat certain things. Uh, There's a lot going on in this game, I'm not going to try to explain it, but this is another one of those kind of heavy strategy games that'll make your brain hurt a little bit, honestly. But it's actually the theme... I mean, I'm kind of a weird guy. I mean, I think I tried to mention that earlier. I love the theme of the...
0: <laughs> I love the theme... There's that self-deprecating humor. Yeah, there no. we
1: go. <laughs> like, I know most guys are like, give me zombies or explosions, but I like this theme of managing a hotel yeah. and a cafe. I think that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, real-world stuff yes. I actually like in board games. Um, so, yeah. That, that's grand austral hotel it's another heavy game but i, I really like the theme a lot and i think the theme works with the gameplay really well
0: yeah I, like a simulation type yeah, yeah like no i'm never gonna i'm never gonna personally manage a hotel right but it would be really cool to pretend that i'm running it uh within the confines and rules of this game no that's that's really, i feel like i've i'm not i haven't played that one but there's there are board games like that where you take on you know you take on a, a role where it's 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 really it's whatever you make make of the game essentially yeah uh and that sounds like a good time that sounds like a good time another movie game coming up oh. another movie board game uh my number six the lost world jurassic park board game Huh. now this is w- one of the most controversial opinions i think i've ever had i've gotten Got been back and forth, people. I think Lost World Jurassic Park is the best of the Jurassic Park movies. All right, wow. don't 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 you know? It, I get Johnny got a little heated with me. <laughs> he might have got a little heated with me when I said it. Uh, my wife definitely does. My wife definitely does. Uh, but this is another cool little one. Uh, it's actually the setup, it, it, and what I liked about this so much, and why I remember it after all these years, the the setup that was actually like a three-dimensional setup. You actually set up little cardboard houses. It's supposed to represent the. Uh, the the workers' village at the end of Lost World when they're trying to well not the very end of Lost World but towards the end where they're trying to escape on the helicopter and the raptors are yeah. chasing them uh the uh, there's like ten little build, like ten little buildings you get to set up and uh, and the, the helicopter pad you got to reach that but the goal of this game um, you can either play as the survivors your Ian Malcolm's and and all that or you can actually play as the T Rex or uh, is it The T. Rex or the the pack of raptors. That's the there's the dinosaur team and the human in the human team, and you have to get I think it's nine or ten survivors to the helicopter pad. Um, it's it's it gets a little intense. You can actually jump on the buildings to avoid getting chased by the raptors, um, but if yeah the, if the dino, if the dinosaurs like eat x amount of survivors the survivors lose the game that's kind of how it works the T-Rex huh. is very simple moving it can only make like one move a turn and if it like uh, if it catches nine or two whatever nine or ten of your pieces or whoever's left at the starting pad uh, the game is over for those characters they're, they're automatically eliminated so if you're only focusing on like two or three characters at a time and the T-Rex catches up to your starting spot uh, the dinosaurs win it's huh. it, it, it was pretty cool. All the, all the survivors looked like actual characters from the movie, and yeah, very simplistic in, in, in play style. I like the idea of pitting dinosaurs and uh, and survivors against each other. And I guess there was a very similar game made for the first Jurassic Park movie. I don't know about JP three, but uh, but uh, but yeah, this is a, a cool little movie game that I, I remember fondly from my childhood. Again, lots of lots of hours spent playing this one.
1: Oh yeah that that sounds really cool. I've definitely not played it. Um, and I've not watched Lost World recently enough to argue with you either way because uh I, I <laughs> finally got my wife uh, my wife to watch the original Jurassic Park cuz she, she thought she was going to hate it and oh. she ended up loving it. But now I can't get her to watch The Really? I well, can't good. get her to watch Lost World.
0: So I I, I got to fight the battle again. <laughs> uh, oh. No, good luck with yeah. that. It's it, everybody has mixed reactions for it. I love seeing Jeff Goldblum be, be Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, and I feel like he's very Jeff Goldblummy in that movie, <laughs> like yeah. as much as he can be <laughs> for the mid '90s. It well, it's toward the end of the '90s, yeah. uh, and kind of to see like a, a, a younger Vince Vaughn before he really took off as like the comedy kind of guy we know. Right. In a drastic in a Jurassic Park movie, very very wild still cool. in hindsight, but no, I'm uh, I'm for it. Cool. All
1: right, top five. All right, number five. uh, And I realize now I'm just very much all over the place after having two kind of heavy strategy games with kind of dry themes. uh, This game is the exact opposite. It's called Pitch Car. And that's pitch just like pitching a baseball. Uh, Pitch Car. Uh, Because what you're doing, and this is, again, it's barely a board game, but it's definitely a tabletop game. You're building... (laughs) If you can imagine a slot car track, except instead of slot cars, it's just wooden pieces of of a race car track, and you need a pretty big table for this, and you're building them together in any shape you want. You can even put little ramps and jumps, um, twists and turns, and you're building this wooden track, and then, if you remember, I was talking about Crokinole earlier, where you're flicking the wooden discs, you're doing the same thing in this, except they have little race car stickers on them, and you're trying to get your race car around the track and uh it's silly but you can play it with a huge group and it's just an absolute blast um this is one of those games I don't get to play enough but when you get a group together that just wants to have some fun and not take themselves too seriously um everybody's just laughing when you try to make this hard turn and you almost make it and then you flip off the track uh, cause if your little wooden car flips off the track your disc um you have to go back to where you hit it from um like I said okay. you can put jumps in the track and you're trying to flick this wooden disc to make it to the next section of track it's it's ridiculous um, and it's, it's another one of those things that's way harder than it looks so when you pull off a good shot it feels good um, and all you all you need to play this game is one working finger because you can only use one finger to flick it with <laughs> um, that's cool that's cool I like that it's not a cheap game because it's all wood but it's one of those games that will last a lot of time you can pass it down to your kids you know if they don't think it's weird or stupid you know um but i think it's great that's pitch car
0: yeah you don't see too many flicky flicky games <laughs> like that like i did a jokingly i did like a jokingly like table, t- table top paper right. football like matches here at our studio and like that was fun and i always i was always wondering like why are there no board games like this yeah that's cool that's a really cool one.
1: I have a thing for flicking games for some reason. I don't. I really don't know why, but I just do. My wife can't stand them. She can't stand anything where you flick. Um, she can't. She hates <laughs> crokinole. She doesn't want to play pitch car. But Johnny loves pitch car. He can tell you about it. Um, I know he's he's played it with me a few times.
0: But yeah, I'll have to ask him about his thoughts on it. No, that'd yeah. be cool. It's it's got a lot of fun. Very good. All right, Line number five. Uh, another childhood classic. Mar- it's the Marvel Superheroes Giant Game Board Book alright this thing I've tried so hard to find it I almost I kind of almost got one uh, a couple weeks ago but it was uh, the guy's wife who was selling it on, on eBay uh, she just donated it to some, some charity with, with kids who would probably appreciate it more but um, I remember my mom coming home from work one day with this, this giant board game book and I, this is something you never see anymore either um, but it was very simple. There was like blue chips and red chips, and there was like a, there was like electronic aspect to it. I think there was some like talking, uh, but you actually like flip the the pages. Every page that you flipped, there was a different superhero themed board game element to it. Huh? It was really co- it was really cool. I, I remember that they had a Spider-Man one. There was like Spider-Man Venom and like all these like classic early 90s. Uh, Marvel villains, they had an X-Men page, Fantastic Four, uh, you know, Avengers, they, they pretty much covered the, the popular ones from that 90s time period, and they, they all had their own respectable game where you're fighting off various villains, and, you know, I wasn't even close to the Marvel fan back then as I am now, and uh, I would love to get my hands on that and, and kind of recreate that magic, but that was a cool, because like, I was the only, you know, I was, I was an only child for a little while, but... I was kind of the only guy, so this was actually my way of connecting with my dad. One of the ways I connected with my dad, he would just sit down, he'd, he'd play board games with us. And this this game board game book uh, that my mom came home with one day from work, uh, and we we just sat down and played it. We'd sit down and play it for a whole day, and it was it was really fun. Like it, uh, there was a lot of there was a lot to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, not all the games were the same even though the, the pieces and stuff were were similar. Uh, it's kind of like uh, if you go to like Five Below and you get like one of those 100 games in, in, in one box. It was something along the lines of that, but there was just multiple multiple superhero themes. It was really, really cool, and I have not seen it since, huh. oh boy, probably 1995 or 96. Almost had it, but uh, yeah, it's been a long time.
1: That's a really cool idea. Just the, uh, Yeah, the, the book idea, that's a really cool idea.
0: Huh. It's it, it'd be perfect for like traveling. I think yeah. it'd be, Like it's an ideal thing for traveling if you're if you're on a road trip and you're stuck in a vehicle with somebody. Oh, let's just pull out the the board game. book yeah. And 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 have some fun and pass some time. I think it it was a great concept. Yeah. Something you never see anymore.
1: Yeah, that's the kind of thing uh, I wish was pushed more now. Instead of, I mean, not to sound like an old man again, but some of the ridiculous toys that are pushed <laughs> on kids now. <laughs> Anyways. Oh my God! Yeah. You ain't kidding. My number four, to go back the other direction again, is another heavy game. But this game uh, has exploded in popularity amongst the board game hobby crowd. Um, It's just really taken off. And I I don't even understand all the reasons why. I mean, it's a good game, obviously. But anyways, it's called Terraforming Mars. And it's called Terraforming Mars because uh, if you've seen the Matt Damon movie, The Martian, where he's growing plants on Mars and trying to make water and basically live on Mars. Um, that's basically what you're doing in this game. Um, okay. This game has a massive stack of cards. Sort of the big twist with this game is, I don't know. It's like 200 and something cards and they're all unique. Like there's no duplicates in the deck. Um, so you could play, you know, 10 games and have a totally different mix of cards in your hand. Um, uh, but there's also a board element where you're basically trying to make Mars inhabitable to humans by raising the temperature, <laughs> putting oceans out on the board, like man-made oceans, uh, p- planting greenery. Um, and basically you're you're a big, I guess, sort of evil corporation that's trying to beat all other corporations. So you want to be the richest by the end of the uh, game. You, know, <laughs> you want to terraform Mars the most so you have the most uh, <laughs> victory, most glory.
0: <laughs> okay. But uh, it's... It, very cool concept. It's a heavy
1: game. I mean, it's, it's it's got a lot of rules to it, but this is one that I've seen people really cling to that I would not have thought were necessarily ready for a game with, with this much going on, but hey, if the game's fun and you're interested, you'll figure it out. I think that's what I'm learning. Um, and it, it's it's a really fun game, and I've not seen it flop yet with, with uh, people I've played it with. Um, okay. And, and I should probably mention, too, that in the interest of fairness, one of the reasons I love it so much is a really good friend, um, Kurt. Actually, he's a friend of the Retro Bliss podcast. He actually okay. made me some 3D printed pieces for this game, so I have like actual, uh, like 3D printed lakes and forests and uh, city buildings. Oh, that's so cool! It's really amazing. That's so cool.
0: But uh... wow, so it's very blinged out. You guys got good fans at Retro Bliss. You guys have really good fans at it, Retro it's Bliss. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, the- <laughs> <laughs> like it's amazing. It, it's it's cool to see some of the stuff that you guys have received over the years, um, but no, that's cool. That adds a fun element to it. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost like uh, I look at stuff like that in like an RPG kind of sense, like a role, like a yeah. true like role playing sense where you can make the games wh- you know however you want it to be. And you've had a, you've had a lot on your list so far that that have been like that. And it's really cool. Not not like. Uh, you know, they're just not a whole lot of linear. It's just pure like linear games. Or there's there's right. so much you can do to it, uh, which is I, I always find that very enjoyable. Very good, excellent number four. Excellent number four. My number four is uh, it's it's one that we've we've already mentioned. Uh, not in our list, but it's something that we have to discuss at the top of the show. But that would be uh, Axis and Allies. Uh. Axis and Allies is on my list. Uh, I will never forget trying to put that that game. Together, uh, it, it is a lot. Aside from the rules, all the pieces—like they have like those those the little, like they're almost like like racks—I I think of like little ships and planes, and you gotta fish them all out. It's 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 a lot of work. It's a lot of work. But uh, we have a local comic book shop here called House of Fantasy, and my dad uh, used to like used to like to take us there. And we scrolled through one day, and he seen it was there for sale. And this is a game that he grew up playing as a kid. Again, as a history buff, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. World War II, all for it, all for it. And this is one of those games where there's a little, there, like you said, there is a little bit more to the game. Very historically, pretty historically accurate. Uh, different countries have different, like, economies and in, in how fast you can turn over and get new planes and ships. Because uh, I remember picking the Soviets, so it was always... Very interested in that whole, like backstory, the history, like how the Soviets kind of came to be and how they were bad guys, but they were on the good guys side. They had such a, a, such a uh, anti-hero type, like just weird vibe to them. Uh, So I picked them, but it was like, it was hard to kind of jumpstart like the economy for them and and, and get planes and and troops and all that that stuff, uh, you know, put out, It, it took some time. Uh, I was a little. I didn't understand why they didn't include Italy. I don't know if that was like included in other versions, but the version I played, uh, I think it's a pretty universal adaptation. U.S., Britain, and USSR, and then there's Germany and Japan on the other side. Uh, but it was, yeah. I, I said I love history. Uh, World War II, such a fun period of time. It is a complicated setup. It's it's. Uh, it takes a little while to understand the rules. He bought it at a time where I was just kind of like. I had the attention span of a, a you know a rabbit it was it just wasn't very good it wasn't very good but um no i'm, I'm in the search for it again i, I do have fond memories of it I, sometimes i'll watch like i'll sit on youtube and just watch people play uh and it makes me miss it so much but uh yeah. but yeah access and Allies is my number four
1: so, access analysis is one of those games that i feel like i should have played but i never have and and now it's kind of like um I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure I've played games with rule books as big as yet, it, but it's, it's sort of from a different time. And <laughs> it's weird. As many rule books as I've read, it still intimidates me a little bit just because it's written so differently than what I'm <laughs> used to playing. Uh, but I would love to play it. Oh, my it. God, yeah. I would love yeah, to play that's... it. And if somebody else had learned it and wants to teach me, I would uh, I would be glad to play it. <laughs> um,
0: oh, yeah. It's, it's something, man. The box is, It was probably the biggest board game box I've ever seen. Uh, that's half the intimidation right there. But, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's worth it if you learn. If you learn it, it's a it's a it's a pretty good time. Lot longer style game, but uh, no, a lot of fun if you ever get to learn it. Sweet. Well,
1: my number three, uh, Johnny's getting a lot of love on this episode. I kind of hate that he doesn't need extra. <laughs> yeah, he's he is. so big already. But, <laughs> but uh, my number three is, is one of Johnny's absolute favorite games. I know. Um, because I, I kind of introduced, or I did introduce Johnny to sort of these style of games, and he's he's been a willing victim, I would say, at the very least. Um, and Ticket to Ride, Ticket to Ride, I think, is one of Johnny's favorites. Uh, it's actually my wife's favorite game. It's how I introduced her to, to my board game collection. Um, okay. Ticket to Ride is one that you actually might see at your local Walmart or Target. Um, I've seen it at both of those places, which is pretty big deal for the games on my list. You're not usually going to see them at Walmart or Target. Um, <sighs> Ticket to Ride is one of those games that has become a classic, even though it's only, I don't know, 15 years old. and you know, It's probably about 20 years old, but I think it's become a modern classic. It's, uh, I mean, it's certainly not sold like Monopoly or anything like that, but it has sold millions of copies, which for these these kinds of games is extremely rare but basically um one of the cool things about it is i'm well i'm kind of cheating here because there's tons of different maps and there's different versions you can play um and they twist it up in little ways uh the regular ticket ride is on the usa map and basically you're okay the great thing about it is if you grew up or your family grew up playing just traditional card games like rummy it kind of makes sense because really all you're doing is you're collecting sets of cards that have different colored trains on them. And you're playing these sets of cards to lay your your trains down on the board, basically, to claim routes. Um, uh, oh. Ooh. And it's, it's very... I like that. It's very, uh... It just feels so classic. I don't know how else to put it. But it's, it's very strategic. There's, there's luck, because, you know, you're drawing tons of cards. Um, but it's just a great, great family game. It's truly timeless. Um... And there's an Asia version that has team play, like you could go with partners against other teams of two. Um, uh, There's a Pennsylvania one, there's UK, there's a Japan map just came out this year actually. Um, There's all kinds of maps for it, but just the regular ticket to ride with USA map is just a classic. Um, And as many games I've played now, including some that are a lot more complicated, ticket ride is still just one i always always enjoy it's just uh always a good time
0: that does sound like a good one i i feel like i've heard of it i definitely never played it but i feel like i've s- at least seen it past probably passed by it uh glanced at it that would be a fun one how many players is that about uh, uh, the
1: original uh, one is two to five players there's different versions but two to five is the, the base game and it, and it works fine at any of those numbers two to five I, I highly recommend it. I, I, it's one of those, I don't think you can go wrong if you want to have a family game night. It's uh, it's it's actually probably the game I would start with of all the
0: ones I've mentioned, if any of these sound interesting. Okay. Okay. Very good. I'll take your word for it. All right. My number three. Dave, uh, I don't like the newer versions of it, but I, being a 90s child... Uh, I feel like the '90s version of this game was was the best one. That's that's Mouse Trap. Oh. That's Mouse Trap. Uh, you know, back again, back to the childhood of of course. A lot of a lot of good memories of board games in my childhood. Uh, I feel like the setup was just better. Uh, the '90s version we used to have like a, a little like the, the fact that you got to play with like a metal ball, a uh, little metal ball, and build these wonky traps. that I, I don't even see i don't even notice some of those when i when i watch videos of the newer version of mouse trap but uh but yeah led to a lot of (laughs) a lot a lot of fun fun uh game nights you know traveling around building building (laughs) building the traps it takes a while to kind of get everything fully there of course it takes a little while uh and there was probably only a few occasions where i got to see the full mouse trap set up uh but regardless, a good time, a, a fun family game, you know, with kids. I played as an adult in a heartbeat. But, uh, yeah, that, that one was uh, that one's close to the heart for me because uh, I, I have seen it. And it's like, I don't know. I don't want to say it's like dumbed down, but uh, I'm sure like rules and, and you know, stuff like safety stuff, yeah. I'm sure they, I definitely know they don't pack like a small metal ball with that game anymore. I definitely know that they don't yeah. do that. Uh, they have kind of changed how, how Mousetrap is, is operated, but there were so many cool little gadgets and, 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 and like tracks and, and just different stuff to, to kind of put in, man. Good time, but that's my that's my number three. A lot of, uh, again, one of my earliest, one of my earlier board games that I remember growing up on.
1: Yeah, Mousetrap is a game that always fascinated me, and I'm just so fascinated me. But I know for sure we never played the actual rules. <laughs> I know we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we were just pretty pretty yeah. stupid little kids, I guess. Really, <laughs> we just we just uh, <laughs> we love to just set it up and, and mess with it, but we never. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why it never crossed our mind to actually play the game. But but yeah, it was it definitely <laughs> a cool toy for us. That's
0: how it. Was with, that's how I was with Pokemon cards back in the day. I didn't know the full rules. I just kind of did whatever I thought do it and it just kind of works uh so it's understandable it's understandable it's weird though the the game's like obviously you play with parents and stuff but it's oriented orientated towards kids yeah uh but like you said same same thing it's just too lazy to kind of go through with it and play the way it's supposed to be just kind of do what you want uh (laughs) but yeah mousetrap number three
1: all right my number two is uh is the newest game at least the newest to me on my list and uh Probably the reason it's so high all the way up here at number two is I just I want to play it right now because it's a game that I just got a couple months ago, and, and I played it probably half a dozen times already, uh, which for me is a lot, uh, especially for a longer game. Anyways, it's called Underwater Cities, and Underwater Cities is another one of those games that uh, you better know what you're getting into. It's got a, a pretty chunky rulebook. It's got a lot going on. I'll, I'll be honest, I was a little bit overwhelmed when I was teaching it the first time. Uh, just because you see the glazed over look on the people's eyes you're teaching it to <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's kind of disheartening when you're just staring into the void there but um, yeah but but once we got playing um, me and my wife love this game uh, we play with my sister-in-law Kelby um, just I love this game I'm excited for Johnny I don't even like Johnny I don't know why I keep mentioning him but I'm excited for him to play this game because <laughs> um, I think he's going to like it too. It's it's one of those games where the theme just really grabbed me. I mean, you're building underwater cities. Um, right. I think the theme to most of my games is you're building something. You're creating something. So by the end of the game... Right.
0: Yeah, I have noticed that. Yeah, by
1: the end of the game you feel like you've accomplished something even if it's just cardboard and plastic, you know? Um, yeah. So you're, you're putting these little plastic domes out that represent like domed underwater cities. And you're building little tunnels to connect your cities. Um, And it's... It's got a lot going on. I mean, there's a lot to it. It's got interesting card play. Like, where you'll... You'll play a card, and then later you might get a card that synergizes with that card. Um, uh, Like, they combo off of each other, almost. And, uh... To basically help you build your city better. So, it's it's this mix of a card game mixed with... Very much a, a strategy board game. Um... I, I love it. It's it's uh. It may not stay at my number two. It might go to one. It might fall down. But right now, I just want to play the game so much that it has to be number two. Underwater cities.
0: Okay. You said you you said you just found that recently.
1: Uh, it's. I think it's been out for about Four. a year, but I just got it a couple months ago myself.
0: Um. Oh. Okay. I yeah. Gotcha. It's, it's, I gotcha. It is
1: a new game, though. I mean, it might be a year old. Um. It's. It's, uh, it's in line with Terraforming Mars and Grand Austria Hotel and Agricola. It's in line with those. Like um, you got to know what you're getting into, but it's a blast if you uh, if you do it and you have somebody else who enjoys it. And it does have a solo mode. These are my kind of board yeah.
0: games. It has a solo mode. You can play solo? it by oh, yourself, really?
1: which is actually pretty fun. I've tried that once.
0: But uh, I used to play Battleship by myself when I was bored, yeah. but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really that's another thing you never see. Very cool, very cool. My number two, a lot of fanboy in this, a lot of nostalgia. Uh, love this game a ton. It is called Uncanny X-Men Alert Adventure Game.
1: Oh, I'm glad you didn't say Uncanny now, X-Men. I grew up for
0: NES. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, no, we yeah, we don't want to talk about that one. we don't want to talk about that one. I grew up in the the golden era. Well, I'm not gonna say the golden era for X-Men, but it was a pretty cool, cool era. Every Saturday morning, or even later on, coming home from school, the X-Men animated series was on. All right, it was everything. It was everywhere. The video games, uh, X-Men Genesis for the Sega, and uh, they had an X-Men game for I think Super Nintendo. But that's that's the area where the era where I really grew up on. And uh, this game was really, really well done. You actually... There's actually, like, figures for, like, 20-something... I think it's, like, 18 or 20-something characters. They actually have, like, a Cyclops figure, like, a Bishop figure. Like, all these various X-Men characters, they actually have, like, a little figure to play as. And what you do is you can stock up. You can add... Uh, you can you create a team. You can create a team. Uh, every character has, like, a battle card, which shows, like, their health, their strength, their mutant powers... And you go into the danger room and you go and battle various X-Men villains. You know, every X-Men villain, they have a card you place uh, so you can fight, like, Magneto and Juggernaut and all these various characters and, and use your team to kind of fight these guys. And I, I, I don't remember how many rounds you have to go, but whoever has, like, the most, like, cards or there's some kind of point system where if you defeat, like, a higher-level villain, you'll get more points. Uh, you win the game. It, it's, it, it's really fun. You know, I... would I, I destroyed games that had like toy like pieces like that that was my that was my my thing like if if, if they had if a game board game had toy like pieces <laughs> that game would not last uh, and but as an adult having it I, I actually just found it at a yards uh, flea market not too long ago for like 25 bucks and I was like I gotta have this and I played it a few times since it's uh, oh it's a cool game it's a it's a really cool game uh, they do it they did a very good job of it a little intricate. A uh, little intricate, but uh, they actually made a sequel to it where there's more there's more characters and a different kind of uh, just a different take on it. But really, really fun game uh, for the X Men and Marvel. Well, just any comic book fan lover. Uh, that's yeah, I highly recommend it if you can find it. It's probably made in like '89 well probably like '90, 90, '91. Did you say like it th- was that uh, that kind of era?
1: Did you say it was the Uncanny X Men Alert Adventure Game? Yes. Okay, I had to look it up because it sounded so cool. And this looks fantastic. It came out in 92, apparently. Um,
0: 92, okay. So
1: this is, this is interesting. A little uh, uh, connection between our list here. The designer uh, of this game you're mentioning uh, is actually one of my favorite designers. Um, who oh. makes the kinds of games I'm talking about. So he so I'd be very interested to play this game Uh, Richard Borg he designed a a really cool uh, World War 2 game actually called Memoir 44 which I'll recommend to you (laughs) okay but anyways uh, yeah that's cool I'd never heard of this game and it's designed by a really uh, well respected game designer that I do know of
0: so that is cool that's really cool that's really i'm glad you looked it up because yeah there's the uh the sequel one's pretty cool there's like an x-men danger room something danger room uh and it's legit made the same exact way with all the little pieces and i'm sure there's more cards my cousin had that version uh i've seen some really cool paint jobs on some of these like people like now people will paint their D figures and and all that stuff people have actually like done really cool paint jobs on on, on some of these pieces i've looked at oh, that's cool uh, i'm kind of i kind of want to see if somebody would do it for me because uh, the, the, the regular pieces are just like gray. Gotcha. They're cool to look at. They're really cool to look at, but I like the I, I like a little bit more it's color. It's just a like cool uh, looking game. Even the box good. is cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun. It just captures that early 90s Marvel Comics period for me. Well, but here we go. The number ones, drum rolls. Drum rolls. How would call cough? Trevor, my
1: friend, what do you got for number one? Well. <laughs> I feel kind of guilty because I wanted something exciting that sounds just super exciting for number one. And I and when I when I picked this, when I thought, "Is this really my number one?" It's like I don't think it's my number one. <laughs> but then I kept coming back to it, like, well, just for how much I enjoy this game, and the name is super boring, so bear with me. But it's just called trains. Just trains. Trains. Okay. Yep. And uh, as you might guess, it's about trains, so it's. It shares that with Ticket to Ride, which I mentioned earlier. But Trains is... <sighs> have you heard of a game called Dominion? It's a card game. It's, it's very, yes, very popular. Yes, yes I have. Uh, Trains borrowed yes. heavily from Dominion. And I love Dominion. And then I'm going to go and cheat and say that Dominion has an asterisk here <laughs> to share this victory with Trains. But uh, Trains takes <laughs> the core of Dominion where you're, you're basically just... It's a really fast-playing card game where you're building your own personal deck to make it better and better during the game. So, like, your deck starts out really lousy, um, but you'll eventually get better trains and better just equipment and things. And then you're laying your actual trains on a board, a map, and there's a bunch of different maps. Um, uh, it, the game was actually designed by a Japanese designer, so the I think the original maps are like Tokyo and Osaka or something like that. But there's also a USA map, Germany, and all kinds of maps. But really, it's this mix of... It's hard to make it sound exciting, but it's just so fun because the turns are so quick. It's one of those games... uh, It plays two to four players. And like when you're playing a two-player game, the turns are so quick, you almost don't realize it's your turn again. Um, Because by the time you've got your hand of cards back, it's already your turn again. Um... But basically, you start with a small deck, and you're building, you're buying cards from this card market uh, until eventually you've got a big deck of cards by the end of the game. That's your own personal deck you're playing from, and you're basically trying to connect spots on the map. Um, you're building skyscrapers and things that are worth points. It is hard to explain, but it's uh, it's just so much fun. It's uh, just I, I have a smile on my face every time I play this game and I can't really explain why, why I would put this as my number one it's just it connects with me in a, in a right. big way and it's not nostalgic this game's only I don't know maybe five years old um, it's just so good it's uh, and it's one of those I would say if, if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like you want to try something that's got some strategy to it I think most people could handle this even if they've not played a lot of these types of games, it, uh, Ticket to Ride is definitely, I guess, more of a family game. This is sort of a uh, more of a strategy game, I guess, for a little deeper. But it's a little bit more to a it. A little okay. bit more, but it's not bad. You. It's not. If you've played Dominion, you've already got half the rules down because it really does play a lot like Dominion. But anyways, that's Trey. Okay. Sorry to end on a boring sounding game, but it's definitely not boring to
0: play. No. Not at all. That sounds that sounds cool. And like it's, we talked about, man, that, that was the overall theme of your kind of list is these, uh, a lot of strategy, a lot of strategy. You know, my, a lot of my picks were nostalgia-based. Yours were like really in-depth and fun and like something like uh, if somebody was like, okay, we're going to play this and set aside a couple hours to do it, I'd be game for. Right. I'd be game for. So a lot of fun ones on that list. And honestly, I, I you know, I've only heard, I think I've heard of one or two of them. But it opened my eyes to a lot of stuff, so I appreciate that list. Cool. Uh, my number one, my number one, it's, uh, I'm not going to say it's vanilla as well, like uh, it, as far as name, but um, it is one of those kind of classic, classic board games. As you all know, as I've said a lot, I'm a history buff. I love, um, I think war board games are just are just fun. And my number one is actually, it's Risk. Oh. I've had so many versions of this game between star wars lord of the rings uh the regular version you know the the original version uh a lot of various a lot a lot of various versions of this game uh my actual first time playing risk was not in the board game form the playstation one had a version of risk where you can actually play it as a board game or you can play it like it's real time i love that video game but I maybe want to kind of go back, you know, the the the, the way that the characters are designed, the artwork is. It's very, uh, it's it's designed for it, like the, the the colonial period, like that 16, 1700s type era, and that's really what my focus has been in world history. And it's it's um, man, it's really cool building up your armies, uh, you know, putting the cards together so you can actually build up your armies faster. Uh, you can do it like. I mean, honestly, playing the board game, you you'd probably make agreements with people and just and just double team and, and so many. <laughs> but I played uh, the Lord of the Rings one was really cool. It actually came with a, with an actual ring, like a like a it was a metal like legit version of the One Ring. That's cool. And that was pitting the different armies, the orcs and the elves, and different stuff. The, the various scenes have, have helped it, but I mean, as simple is as it, it, it works it works very well. Uh, you know, various ma- – obviously, the world map thing is just – it's really cool. But, um, but yeah, so Risk is my number one, and we are all the way through. Wow. Whew. We did it. I
1: probably just made your <laughs> longest episode we ever. did it, my friend.
0: <laughs> no. No, probably not. Pro- well, maybe. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll take a look. But, honestly, this was uh, very nostalgic to listen to, very – I learned a ton. Trevor, thank you so much, my friend. Oh, thank uh, you for taking time out of your day to be on the show. Uh, you want to tell the listeners where they can find uh, Retro Blist and, uh, and your, your older episodes of Cardboard Cave?
1: Yeah, uh, Retro Blist, anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, we also have a Facebook group. It's small, but we have a lot of fun. Also on Instagram. Uh, the same thing for Cardboard Cave, my board game podcast. Uh, like I said, I've taken a couple month break, but I'm going to come back with a new format. And I've got six or seven episodes up there, but it's a cardboard cave on Instagram, Facebook, or anywhere you got podcasts. And uh, you might be disappointed, but you should check it out, anyways. (laughs)
0: Well, well, the good thing is, uh, like, none of your episodes are very time sensitive, so like. People can just kind of jump in and find a, a board game or, a, or, in retro bliss case, a video game that they would enjoy yep. and just hop right in. And it's, it's not very time-sensitive. So I encourage you all to check that out. They are part of our network family uh, at BICBP-radio.com. But, uh, but that is a wrap for this episode, for this road trip. Trevor, once again, thank you. And uh, to the listeners, do you even list...
1: You're probably thinking Who is this talking and what is it for? Well I'm here to let you know that My name's Anthony and I'm the host of The Vinyl Divers Podcast at The BICBP Network On Vinyl Divers I like to Break down my favorite albums Listen to vinyl and most importantly Talk music Whether it be a classic rock album one week And then a deep dive into some punk History the next One thing that's certain is we're always going to have a good time So hit subscribe, dim the lights, and let's get tired.